Hi, I'm Tony. I'm Patrick. And this is Cave to the Cross Apologetics. And we try to work our way through books with you and help uh, uh, understand what's going on, right? And so we are working our way through Tactics by Greg Coco. This is a game plan for discussing your Christian convictions. <clears throat> and we've worked our way up to chapter 16. Right. And so this chapter is called Just the Facts, ma'am. <laughs> Just the Facts. Right. It, he says this one is kind of um, like um, Sergeant Friday on Dragnet. Right? right. Just the Facts, ma'am. Right. <laughs> and so um, Just the Facts, ma'am. So here's the issue. Sometimes it can be just uh, relatively easy to deal with a particular objection. Right, with regard to Christianity. And so just the facts, ma'am, he says, is kind of this easy tactic, right? It requires no cleverness or death maneuvering. Only two things are necessary. First is the awareness that many challenges to Christianity are based on bad information, inaccurate facts, right? Mm -hmm. These objections then can be overcome by a simple appeal to the, to the facts, the way things are. Right. And then secondly, um, you also you need to know the facts. Right. right? And so if you do, you can beat this objection. Right. right? So this is what this chapter is all about. <clears throat> uh, so we want to follow the plan. Yeah. What's the plan? Well, uh, challenges to Christianity that fail due to faulty facts may seem difficult to spot at first especially if you're not well-versed in the issue uh, in question. But the task becomes much easier if you have a plan, a series of steps to guide your efforts. For just the facts, ma'am, you can use kind of a two-step plan. And so, uh, again, uh, we, we, we talked about this with um, with uh, people that know more than you. Mm -hmm. uh, it's okay to, to, to say, yep, you know more than me, uh, but sometimes you know more than other people. And yeah. so if you know, uh, again, uh, you know, the rise of Christianity and, and um, um, you know, uh, where, where in church history certain uh, councils took place or where s certain decisions were made or um, the, the uh, ability to trace uh, scripture through, um, th through the different levels of, uh, of uh, translation. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, <clears throat> people that, that bring those uh, uh, kind of um, maybe bumper sticker, sticker or maybe I heard this from a well-known atheist, uh, mm -hmm. you know, or, or misheard it. And so you can present it to them by just kind of giving them, well, no, that's incorrect because here's, here's, the, here's the facts. Yeah, good. And so <clears throat> what are these then? Um, two, what's the two steps in this plan? Well, the, the first step is to ask, what is the claim? Right? What are they really getting at here, mm -hmm. right? So we need to take a moment to isolate the, the precise point being made. We need to pay careful attention to get a clear fix on exactly what the person is asserting. We might ask, what do you mean by that, <laughs> right? So that we can get to exactly what they're hmm. talking about. So what is the claim? What are they getting at? What is precisely, what are they talking about here, right? What are they saying is the case? What is the claim? And then secondly, uh, once the assertion is clear and we understand what's going on, then we need to ask ourselves, is the claim factually accurate? How did you come to that conclusion? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so sometimes answering this question takes a little investigation, right? We need to say, well, wait a minute, is what they're saying really the facts, right? And so we need to back up and, and maybe we need to do some investigation. 
Um, and, and so those are the basic two steps with regard to this, this, uh, this particular approach. You know, if someone is giving inaccurate facts, then we can pretty much dispatch that particular objection relatively easy. What exactly are they claiming? And then, you know, is the claim accurate? Mm-hmm. Now, the, the final piece in this, he says, is um, we need to be as precise as possible. That's that's you know that's the um, that's what he wants us to understand here. He says um, precision is an important element of just the facts, man, because of a basic principle of persuasion. When citing facts in your defense, precise claims are always more persuasive than general ones, right? And so notice he says, for instance, saying. Thousands died in the terrorist attack of 9-11 is not as compelling as saying that 2,977 human beings were buried beneath the rubble of the World Trade Center and the Pentagon and entombed in the field of Pennsylvania on September 11th, 2001. Each bit of precision, he tells us, Mm -hmm. the number uh, 2,977, the date, right, the location, each bit of precision adds force to your facts. Now, he says it may take longer to say it, but when properly delivered, it is more compelling. Mm-hmm. Right? So we need to be precise, as precise as we can, as precise as our memory will allow, right, right. in terms of the, uh, using just the facts, ma'am, right? <clears throat> now, in this, now, this book has... Um, several um, um, long explanations of his illustrations of this particular principle. Right, especially right? when we're dealing with just the facts, especially for this chapter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so we want to uh, take a look at these various illustrations so that we all understand uh, clearly what he's talking about. Right. So the first illustration he, he deals with, he calls uh, religion kills. <laughs> Right. He says, let me give you an example of a popular challenge to Christianity that is not based on fact, though many think it is. The protest goes something like this. Religion is the greatest source of evil in the world. Right. More wars have been fought and more blood has been shed in the name of God than for any other cause. So religion kills. (laughs) He says this myth is likely the most widely believed urban urban legend about religion. Atheist Christian Christopher Hitchens' popular attack on theism is titled "God is Not Great: How Religion Poisons Everything." Right, right? and uh, so he says. Now, here's how do we deal with this? Right, this um, this religion kills objection. Right, well, he says. Now, one might want to point out that even if this were the case, it is not entirely clear what conclusion about religion would be justified. From that, from the data, right? That it kills, right? One could properly conclude that God does not exist. Uh, one couldn't, rather, right. properly conclude that God does not exist, or nor that Jesus is the Savior, just by saying religion kills, mm-hmm. right? In other words, and this is what he says here. He says, since oppression and mayhem are neither religious duties for Christians nor logical applications of the teaching of Jesus, violence done in the name of Christ cannot be laid at his door. This conduct might tell you something about people who call themselves Christians, but it tells you nothing about God or the gospel. Right. Right? Yeah, so, so the, the kind of the argument is um, if, if you can say, uh, 
you know, uh, Hitler was a Christian. Yeah. Okay, well, if, if that's the case, then he's operating in the antithesis of what Christian principle dictates. Right. And right. so you can, you can point to the standard and say he's not following the standard. Mm-hmm. However, once you get to uh, an atheistic world worldview, something like communism or Marxism, um, you can say, well, are they following with, within their principles and scope and so can be properly attributed mm-hmm. or are they operating outside a standard? And right. so that's, that's one of the things that, that you want to kind of uh, hone in on when you're, when you're talking about this right. topic. So religion kills first, um, you know, okay, but just because people kill, religion doesn't kill people. And so just because that's the case doesn't mean that, you know, God doesn't exist or that Jesus isn't who he claimed to be. Right. The second issue with regard to this particular claim is real simple. It's, It's not true. It's not true, right? He says, though it's easy to characterize religion as bloodthirsty enterprise replete with witch hunts, crusades, jihads, the facts paint a different picture. Religion has not caused more wars and bloodshed than anything else in history. Hmm. Right? Just the facts, right? That's right. He says, in their massive three-volume encyclopedia of wars, researchers uh, Phillips and Axelrod show that of the 1,793 wars, you like how precise they are? <laughs> <laughs> now cro- just remember that that's for, right. for, for conversation purposes. Right. <laughs> they chronicle over the last five millennia only 123, that is less than 7%, were motivated by religion. And religion played no part in the two greatest military conferations in history, World War I, with 16.5 million dead, and World War II, with 60 to 80 million perishing, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> Excuse me. So the, the, the historical facts that significantly greater evil has resulted from denial of from denial of God than from the pursuit of God. That's what we get out of that, mm-hmm. right? So the, the facts do not back up the, uh, you know, the claim that religion kills more people, has killed more people than anything else. No, right. no, no. It, that, really, the facts say that is not the case, right? 60 to 80 million were killed in, uh, you know, uh, in World War II, and it really had nothing to do with religion. Right, right? yeah. They weren't on a jihad. They weren't fighting, you know, over Christianity or whatever, right? So the greatest evils, he says, has come from people zealous uh, for God is not the case, mm-hmm. right? It has come from people who are convinced that there is no God, right, like Hitler, right, uh, and that they must answer to, right? So if you don't believe there's a God and there's no one to answer to, then I can, as long as I might makes right, as long as I don't get caught, I can do anything I want to do. As long as you win. Yeah. History is written by the winners. That's right. So that's kind of an example of this one, right? So here we have a claim that the facts do not back up. And so when we give the facts, we've defeated this particular claim. Mm -hmm. Right? Now there are others in this book. That's right. Um, If you remember, oh man, I don't even remember how long ago it was. Uh, Oprah was on TV telling us uh, to read this book. It was called The Da Vinci Code. Oh, right. And it it threw the Christian world up in arms because we didn't know how to respond to it because no one had uh, read One Blood, One one (laughs) 
religion or what, whatever the, this was based on, supposedly. Mm-hmm. And so th- this is kind of the idea that, uh, you know, uh, Jesus had a wife and uh, there's a, a, a global conspiracy headed by the Vatican to suppress this for purposes. I don't know. <laughs> it, 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 it was a poorly written book. It was just so poorly written. I I, I don't understand why it got so it popular. Well, yeah. Other than the fact yeah. that it was an interesting take, and you know everyone like likes a good mystery, especially a global conspiracy yeah. involving clues like Indiana Jones. Everyone loves Indiana Jones. <laughs> I can understand that. Uh, so uh, Dan Brown, the author, uh, uh, kind of um, states his case with with uh, a couple of these points. So uh, in the first three centuries, the warring between Christians and pagans threatened to rend Roman too. Wow. That's a, that's a claim that's made in the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, the doctrine that Jesus is the Son of God was fabricated for political reasons at the Council of Nicaea in AD 325 was uh, was affirmed by a close vote. Wow. So oh. close. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, so he really wasn't. They just voted. They yeah. counted noses right. and they said, oh, I guess he is, right? The Son of God. Right. Peer I mean, review. That's Peer right. Review. <laughs> uh, Constantine arranged for all Gospels depicting Jesus as a mere mortal to be gathered up and destroyed. That's right. So let's burn all the Gospels yeah. and say that Jesus <laughs> is just a person. We have to keep the secret person. for, right. for reasons. Gotta keep it. Right. The Dead Sea Scrolls found in a cave near Qumran in the 1950s confirm the fabrication okay. of, of this. Okay, and that uh, thousands of Christians' uh, followers wrote accounts of Jesus' life. These evolved through countless traditions, additions, and revisions. History has never had a definitive version. Mm, and wow. so this is kind of uh, uh, the right. our hypothesis yeah. uh, maybe sneaking yeah. in a little bit. And, uh, um, you know, a, a good book to counteract that is, uh, or to talk about that is um, uh, questions. Uh, let's see, it's a. Uh, so uh, it's by Kruger, Michael right. J. Kruger, yeah, and it's uh, questions of the canon. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, I'll put a link in the description in case uh, we're incorrect in that, but we should be specific and, and know our, our facts because <laughs> we ought to be powerful. <laughs> That's right. right. That's, That's right. right. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the 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 first three centuries, the warring between Christians and pagans threatened to rend Roman too. Well, this isn't accurate at all because the first three centuries of Christianity were. On the run, it was it was fought in 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 just yeah, uh, yeah. you know uh, not being burned in the colise. Right. Uh, if in if the you call a war, if you're caught, you're burned at the stake. <laughs> right. If you call that fed, a war, fed the animals. Yeah, yeah. There's a huge one-sided war. We might say. Right. right. <laughs> uh, so uh, it, it was a uh, uh, kind of dictated by martyrdom is what it was. In mm. fact, um, they wouldn't even fight tormentors like Diocletian that executed Christianity by the thousands just 20 years before Constantine, who supposedly uh, made everything all better. <laughs> and, and Diocletian is, is one that uh, if he didn't go out and burn so many manuscripts trying to, to uh, end Christianity at the scripture, which tells you scripture might have been important back in the day yeah. and not just people's opinion, <laughs> uh, we would probably actually have even a, a greater attestation for the the original manuscripts because mm. of what he did. We are we're, we only have a few left, and yeah, you know right. that's conjecture as well. Twenty five thousand, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, a few, yeah. and, and now well, high quality scans and, and a whole whole new discoveries being made made there. Uh, how about the doctrine that Jesus is the Son of God was fabricated for political reasons at the Council of Nicaea at AD three twenty five, and it was affirmed by this close vote. Mm. Uh, well, th- this is just not the case. Um, we have extensive records of the proceedings written by those who were actually there, Eusebius of Caesarea and Athanasius uh, of Alexandria. Two things stand out in account that uh, pertain to the claim. First, no one in Nicaea considered Jesus to be a mere mo- mortal, mm. not even uh, Arius, mm. whose errant views made the council necessary. Right. Huh. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Maybe that's the case, but but there had to be a close vote. Right. Everyone in the discussion believed Jesus was the Son of God. They disagreed on what the title meant. Ah, so it wasn't as he claims that uh, you know was this was all. Yeah, yeah, he was just a mere ma- man, and it was all fabricated. Right. No, everybody believed that he was the mm-hmm. Son of God. He was more than a mere man. Right. right? It, they're just trying to decide what the the phrase means. Right. right. Son of God. The yeah. question of Christ's deity was the reason for the council, not the mere result of it. Mm. So after a pitch debate, the final vote came very close. And that close, the close one was 318 to kind of zero, but to two, if you count people that didn't really want to weigh in on the issue as uh, offending. So it wasn't a close vote. 318 to two. (laughs) I'm I'm pretty sure that nicks it over the line of the 99%. And these two refused to, to, to concur. Right. 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 Yeah. yeah. Not enough evidence. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So the council affirmed what had been taught since the beginning. Jesus was not a mere more mere man. He was the son of God. Now notice this, this, we're not just counting heads and therefore Jesus is the son of God. Right. Right. They already believed that this was, you know, that they, Jesus had shown himself to be the son of God by various miracles and that sort of thing. So that really wasn't the issue. The issue was, you know, how, what does it mean? You know, exactly what does that mean? And they came to the conclusion it meant literally that Jesus was God's son, Mm -hmm. right? He was God the son. That's what it meant, right? Right. And uh, and all of them agreed to that except for two people. Mm-hmm. So 318 yeah. right, agreed to so, it. So the so idea it, of, of the Trinity coming at much later, it, it might have been greater spelled out in, in the form that we know it. But um, the, the, the revelation of the Trinity, of, of uh, you know the, the one being in God with the three persons of the Father, Son, and Spirit, seemed to be actually assumed in Paul's writings. Yeah. So it yeah. seems to be an in-between... The can uh, in between the the testaments uh, uh, understanding, mm. you know. So when 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 Paul says, you know, uh, uh, Christ is is the Son of God, no one's like, well, hold on, Paul, what, what do you mean by that? No, right. uh, well, I mean by that that he's right. you know ju- just a just a guy and a mere you know, we, we, uh, yeah. he just has has the 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 title of son or yeah. uh, you know he doesn't come you know right out and say what I mean by this is you know the, there's not a big revelation there. Right. So. Right. Coming from a monotheistic religion, uh, especially Paul, who you know was trained in in you know the the, the might of Rome and and uh, under uh, good scholars, um, he, he doesn't seem to do this. Right. I wonder right. why that so is. So it wasn't fabricated uh, for political reasons, and it wasn't affirmed by a close vote. Right. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how about uh, um, the fact that the Dead Sea Scrolls found in the cave near Qumran in the 1950s confirmed the fabrication? Okay, okay. let's let's assume that uh, that the 1950s it really was the 40s. It really uh, was the 40s. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, however, uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls talk about the Old Testament. Ooh. I don't. I, other than the fact that uh, Jesus is God, it it doesn't mention Jesus as mm. you know anything in there. Right. There, so they no... don't confirm the idea that, you know, this was all made up yeah. and Jesus really wasn't, yeah. wasn't the or, son of God. Uh, right? You wouldn't believe what, what uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls say about Jesus. If, <laughs> if, if you listen to this one scholar that talks about it, yeah. Ooh, yeah. yeah. They but, don't even talk about yeah, Jesus. Right. Yeah, yeah. They don't even talk about it. Therefore he never existed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's not, that's not what it talks about. It, it's, it's old Testament. And uh, you know, there's a discussion to be had about then old Testament canon. Sure. You can bring that in. But uh, there's nothing about uh, Jesus. In there. Mm, mm. Uh, t- Constantine arranged for all the Gospels depicting Jesus as a mere mortal to be gathered up and destroyed. Whoa. 
Well, if that's the case, how do we know that? <laughs> All of it was brought up. So, so how, how can we say? All of them were destroyed, then yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. So uh, that's that's the issue there. Uh, thousands of uh, Christ followers wrote accounts of Jesus' life. They're evolved uh, through countless traditions, additions, revisions, history. has never had a definitive version. Uh, this just isn't true. So, you know, the, the idea here is that people kind of just got together or, or individually right. and just wrote yeah. so fabrications about or wrote fabrications about what Jesus right. life was like. Right. right? So yeah. th this wasn't, uh, the internet, we couldn't tr track all these down. How, how did Constantine do that? Um, and where are all these other copies? Um, how, how did you have, um, uh, uh churches in, 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 um, different sections kind of come to the same, uh, theological conclusions if they're not passing the same material uh, um, through other people and, and teaching this the similar way. Now, once you get kind of second century, maybe you can have a discussion about the influence of the Gnostics and, and stuff like that. And um, uh, Kruger has a, also a good book on there about um, uh, uh, the second century um, Christianity. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, again, this is kind of that Bauer hypothesis that uh, people like uh, Bart Ehrman um, espouse too, but uh, it just doesn't hold water. And, and uh, Kruger does a really good job of asserting the facts yeah. and yeah. Uh, uh, really breaking it down and, and then giving a positive claim for not just why, why the Bauer hypothesis is wrong, but why the, the current idea of what we have of, um, of there being agreement, uh, general agreement on the basic principles of what makes Christians Christians um, is accurate. Mm. And so that, that's a really good book. And having having that in your library, having those facts uh, um, kind of under your control when people bring up, well, you know, history is written by the victors and, and Rome, Rome <laughs> just picked, picked the winner. It, it was the, the, the biggest church at the time. Well, uh, you know, contrary to what Rome says, Rome didn't even exist at the time of this argumentation. So, uh, sorry, I can't do that. There were still bishops in Rome, bishops, <laughs> plural, with S's on the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so th that's what we have. So w when, when you know, uh, Dan Brown tells you that uh, that uh, all of creation uh, is hinged upon the, the, the genuflecting before the grave of Mary Magdalene, and, and that's the, the greatest thing you can do with your life. Uh, you know, you, you can kind of dismiss that because that's that's not what history plays out. And, uh, you know, Dan Brown in the beginning of his book pretty much alludes to the fact that he believes this or at mm. least some iteration of mm. it. Yeah. Good. There, there are others here. There are other examples, right? For instance, here's another challenge that he says uh, can be overcome by a simple appeal to facts. Some denounce uh, the use of the word murder, he says, to describe abortion. What do you mean murder, right? Uh, yet this language, he tells us, is consistent with the laws in nearly two-thirds of the states in the Union, at least in one regard, right? In the California statutes, which is where he's from, California, right? Uh, under the category crimes against the person, uh, the, uh, the particular statute 187, murder is defined in this way. Murder is the unlawful killing of a human being or a fetus with malice uh, a fourth of forethought, right? Emphasis added here. So after the definition, we find among the exceptions. So here it is. Murder is the unlawful killing of human beings or a fetus, mm -hmm. right? Uh, with malice. So after the uh, this definition, we find among the exceptions, uh, this section shall not apply to any person who commits an act which results in the death of a fetus if the act was solicited, 
aided, abetted, or consented to by the mother of the fetus. Right? So it's 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 murder except if the mother consents is the basic <laughs> idea, right? Now notice he says this exception in the California statute is troubling. Sure. Right? Uh, the moral principle underlying all homicide uh, statutes is that human beings have innate worth because they're human beings, right? Value is not derived from what something outside of the individual is saying or is, right? It is intrinsic to who they are. Right. And that's why destroying a human being is the most serious crime. So destroying a baby is 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 bad for the same reason as this is killing anybody, right? We have intrinsic worth by virtue of being human beings. So if intrinsic value of unborn uh, human beings uh, qualifies them for protection under homicide statutes, why is something extrinsic like the mother's choice even relevant to this situation? Right? How does the mere um, uh, consent of the mother change the innate value of the little human being inside her? Right? So consent doesn't change. If, if indeed murder is wrong because people are human beings and they have intrinsic worth, then how does the consent of the mother change that? Right? In other words, if, if worth comes from within who we are, mm-hmm. something external then can't deal, can't change that. And so... You know, fetal homicide, he says, statutes like California's are odd because the only difference between legal abortion and punishable homicide is the consent of the mother, right? So on the use of the word murder to describe abortion, then uh, pro-lifers are not extreme. Murder, he's he's suggesting, is okay to use in this situation. So notice what's happened is the claim is, you know, you shouldn't use murder for abortion. So he says, well, let's look at the facts, <laughs> right? And so he looks at the the California uh, statute, and he finds that murder is used with regard to fetuses, right? There's just and a caveat carved out. Carved out with regard to, you know, the mother's uh, uh, consent. Yeah. And, of course, he questions that. Right, but right? only pre-birth, not right. post-birth. Right, right. Yeah, why is it pre-birth? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, why can't it be post-birth? That's a good question, too. He doesn't <laughs> deal with that, but that is a good question. And so he, he gets at the facts with regard to this. And, and, and he finds that, indeed, using the term murder is not extreme, right? That's the facts, mm-hmm. ma'am. <laughs> right. One of the final ones that we'll look at here is uh, uh, an, an interesting uh, example that he had with uh, New Age author Deepak Chopra. Mm. And uh, he said that uh, Chopra made an unusual statement about the text of the New Testament. He claimed that the King James Version was the 18th or 19th iteration of the Bible since year 313. Wow. So he, 313, that's, yeah. that's, that's a good fact to hold on to. <laughs> this comment reflected, I think, the idea many people have of the New Testament have gone through a series of translations and retranslations, iterations uh, for uh, Chopra, before finally settling into the English version we have today. All right, so we have the Bible, we have it written, and then it's translated once, and then it's translated again, yeah. and then it's translated again, and, right. and again. The game of telephone. That's right. Yeah. And so we have but in def- different languages or 19 of these things right. that, that has happened to the Bible. Right. right. Well... What, what can we do here? So I, I would recommend a really, really good book uh, about um, just it, translations in general. It's not just the subject, uh, but the, the title is very provocative, and it's called The King James Only Controversy uh, by one of my favorites, uh, Dr. James White. Yeah, and that's so a good book. It's, it's really good. Yeah. And so it talks about 
you know, the King James Version should be kind of lauded up, and it, it did a lot for people. It, you know, an English translation uh, from getting away from the old uh, the, the old Latin. Right. Uh, 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 you have the ability to to read the Bible whenever you want. You had the, the it wasn't the first English. No, no, not but, at all. But yeah, but uh, but you had kind of it popularized, and and um, there was a lot of scholars working on that. Mm. Well, um, the 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 fact of the matter is that um, uh, all uh, English translations of the Bible start with manuscripts written in the English the original language Greek in the in the case for the New Testament, which are then translated directly into the English instead of multiple iterations. Like, you know, it was translated from Greek to Latin, Latin to old English, old English to uh, modern English. And then, you know, all the various uh, different ones in between. And so, so the versions of the Bible that we have, have not had, didn't come from various iterations with regard to right. translations. They are translations from the original Greek and Hebrew right. text, right? Yeah. Three key men um, uh, uh, brought manuscripts and, and, and multiple different manuscripts uh, into the New King, uh, into the King James translation. Uh, Darius Rasmus, uh, um, Stephanus and uh, Theodore Beza. Mm. Those are kind of the main ones. Uh, there were other other ones used as well. Erasmus was the main guy. Kind of the main one. And, yeah, you know, yeah. if, if you're in the Texas Receptus uh, conversation, let's say, <laughs> uh, pretty heated, but um, but an interesting discussion. And so um, it's not this uh, game of telephone. In fact, uh, the, the the plethoration of, of manuscripts that, that we have uh, currently uh, we can actually trace when scholars kind of went off the beaten path. Mm. And the very fact that we can say, oh, well, this was brought in because of this shows that we kind of know what the original is. Mm. In mm. fact, Barterman himself would say, we kind of know what's in the, right. the originals. So we have so many uh, of these uh, various you right. know, uh, manuscripts that uh, we can kind of put together what the original is. In fact, we have more than what we need. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. It, it's it's more than than uh, Homer's Iliad, which is the second uh, most multiple copies of an ancient uh, uh, um, manuscript or mm-hmm. a, a translation or a, a work. Um, uh, we 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 have more uh, copies of the New Testament. Then we have proof that uh, Julius Caesar existed from mm. from uh, uh, from written works of, of right. him, right. written hundreds hundreds of years after. afterwards. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so again, interesting. Um, I, I definitely would pick up um, King James Only controversy if you want more into into that uh, category. So. All right. So this is the just the facts, <laughs> ma'am. Uh, uh, um, Tactic, right? It has to do with when someone is claiming inaccurate facts about the uh, the New Testament, about Christianity right. in general, right? So there's three things he wants us to understand with regard to just the facts, man. <laughs> First, what is the precise claim? What exactly are they saying, right? What do you mean by that? What is the precise claim? Next, he says we need to ask ourselves if the is the claim accurate. So if it's inaccurate, you know, in other words, if the facts are false. Well, the argument is defeated, right? And so does something about the claim seem unlikely or implausible? And Jesus so, not being in the Qumran, yeah, yeah, <laughs> the Dead right? Sea Scrolls. Right. And and then, you know, we need to keep in mind, he says, citing the facts in your defense, we need to do it with precision because that's the most per, uh, persuasive way to do it, mm-hmm. right? So right. that's that's kind of the idea of this particular chapter. Right. 
And we can also do it with grace as well. We That's should, right. Exactly. We, we, this is, again, a conversation. <laughs> we don't want the other person to leave. We don't want them to leave angry. Uh, we don't want to be angry. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, oh, you're stupid. Jesus <laughs> isn't talked about in the Dead Sea Scrolls. Or, oh, you believe uh, the Da Vinci Code? Well, you know, he, he writes other fiction, too. That's do you want right. to bring that into it? Yeah, and I, and I got to, you know, uh, uh, I don't know, something in Florida that I can say, right? like a bridge. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So again, uh, just uh, an important um, case. Uh, it's one of those things where uh, it should lead you to kind of learn and understand more. Um, but I, I think a, a really great point that I've heard made recently is uh, the, the kind of the best thing that you can understand is the Bible. Uh, because a lot of um, uh, people are going to say, oh, well, isn't this the case about uh, the Bible? How, or how, how do you know you can trust the Bible? Mm -hmm. that, that's, a, that's a good question. Mm -hmm. So how do, you, how, do, how do we know that what the, the Bible says is the words of Jesus? Very, very important, and it's a very good question. And it it might be a genuine question from somebody that yeah. that you want to provide them an answer. And um, you know, ha having that understanding and uh, you know, the, uh, just uh, scripture in general that that's what wins people to Christ. And mm -hmm. it's nothing that we do; it's not our arguments, but it's it's uh, th through the power of the word that that we do that. So, mm -hmm. um, if you're going to read anything, read the Bible. That's right. So that <laughs> way, you can know the facts, right? Right. So, what's the claim? And then you need to know the facts so that you can have an accurate representation right. of what's really uh, the truth. Right. All right. And do it uh, with as much precision as you possibly can. That's right. All right. Uh, so uh, probably just a couple more episodes for for this book, and uh, um, hopefully you've been enjoying it. And um, you know, I, I see the comments in, in uh, on the YouTube page. So if you want to follow us on YouTube, uh, we we do a video podcast. If you're not watching this, uh, if you are watching this, if you want to just listen to us because you can't stand the sight of us, uh, <laughs> that's fine too. Uh, feel free to download us on all the, the major platforms. Cavethecross.com is where you can go for all that, including our patreon if you want to support us there if not that's fine continue right. to watch us and we'll see you next time yeah and so if these if these uh you know if this is helpful to you uh share it share it with other folks so that uh you know it might be helpful to them as well so we'll see you next time